0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos.
1: Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Caroline Gonzalez.
0: I'm Ashley Amos.
1: Ashley, it is Friday. It kind of doesn't feel like a Friday since we had a Christmas earlier this week. How's the end of year 2018 going?
0: You know, Caroline, it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, Christmas was great. Got to spend it with my family. I saw you were on some exotic vacation.
1: Yes, I so went to the Cayman Islands. That was fun. Got to see my whole family. It's the first time we've all been together since 1999. I was four years old at that time. That's so I crazy. really remember that. Oh, but, my goodness. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. No, I saw your
0: pictures. They looked amazing. I was very jealous. We, I was here in New Orleans. Um, we had just gotten back with the Pelicans. Uh, we flew in. I got an early Christmas Eve Um 1am 2am whatever mm-hmm. and so got to spend the day with my family did some last minute christmas shopping mm-hmm. aka bought all my christmas presents on christmas eve it amazon was like me, prime me one day it was shipping. like honestly if my friend was like why don't you just use like amazon prime and i was like i honestly think i'm just kind of addicted to the adrenaline rush of the last minute shopping and it's like me and like the dads out there like going through the mall um but no it was uh it was good christmas was great um Got to spend it um, the next day with uh, Christmas Day with my dad's side of the family, mm. which is always just um, a lot of fun over at their place and getting to see all my cousins from all over they come back in town. My I will say Caroline, my 2019 was almost ruined yesterday morning.
1: 2018 or 2019?
0: 2019 2019 like it was the beginning off to a bad it was off to a bad start hmm. and you want to know why? why? That's Instagram. Instagram was why.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of things about, like, people not liking it, but I I don't know what happened. Instagram
0: is the best, like, (laughs) app there is, okay? It's, like, my favorite. It's the one that I love Snapchat, I'm over. Twitter, eh. Like, Facebook, old people. But, like, Instagram. (laughs) I love Instagram. Shout out to everyone listening (laughs) on Facebook. (laughs) I mean, I still have a Facebook, but, you know. Anyway, Instagram photos. And I'm a photographer, so I Mm -hmm. love using Instagram. So I go to open my Instagram yesterday, and all of a sudden I can't scroll. And I'm like, what the heck? And they had just changed it where you could only swipe. So me, like every other I don't know. Am I considered a millennial? I, I don't so. know if I'm considered a millennial. I think like me, 30-ish. like every other millennial, went to Twitter to express our frustrations <laughs> so you went in to hopes app to <laughs> in, about the in app. hopes that the world would hear our anger. Instagram would turn it. Of course, I can't, I think I came over to your desk at one point. Was so mad. I went to Alex, our social media guy, um, and by the time I returned to my desk, I opened the app again, and Instagram had switched back. So um, the CEO apparently said it was a test that was only supposed to go to a certain amount of people. But I guess after getting like 10,000 tweets about how awful it was, um, they went back to the original. So... 2019 safe so far we're yeah. good end of 2018 2019 it's gonna be a good year
1: i hate when apps try to change things like way different than what they used to be like snapchat if it's
0: not broke don't fix it right. you know what i mean like just keep it the same way everyone loves that app everyone, everyone is agrees. fine with it they love that it hasn't done any weird things other than the fact that it's no longer chron- chronological oh yeah but, i don't you know. like that but uh, other than that so we're good now uh, thank you instagram for listening to the de- democratic society of america and going back to the original ways
1: Okay. Well, on that note, we are off to a hot start at the end of uh, 2018 leading into 2019. We have a packed show for you all on this Friday edition. We're going to go over some new year resolutions, hopefully uh, come off, come up with them on the top of the brain and probably fall off of them by January 3rd. I'm probably giving myself (laughs) till the middle of the week. Uh, We're going to go over our other segments, the usual gold star of the week, community spotlight, superwoman of the week, and then we have a extra special. special guest Jennifer Hale from Fox Sports New Orleans you know her well you've seen her all over the place Ashley you are very close with her um, for Sideline Pass a great um, uh, organization I guess you would call it Um, and so we're excited to have her on the show today Ashley let's just go ahead and jump into things with our new year resolution so Like I said, I've already given myself till January 3rd, so don't feel like you're compelled to stick to this plan. But if you could give yourself maybe like a month to do something, what would that be?
0: I'll give myself a more generic approach to things. And so I'm going to say, really, as we move move forward with this year, I really want to focus on living in the moment Mm. and enjoying the day-to-day and not being... I always find myself trying to anticipate what's coming up or Mm -hmm. looking forward to something rather than just enjoying the present in the now. And so I want to do a better job of that. Um, Also just a better job of self-care and, you know, get back into the gym, get in my routine, you know, with this job, you know, it's so crazy. We're always traveling and up at weird hours. So just getting, maintaining a better routine and living a happy, healthy 2019.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. That's that's something I feel like you could do, you know, especially with the, um, with the living in the moment thing. That's not something that's really measured, but you can kind of make a conscious effort each and every day to, to do that.
0: And it was funny. I talked to my family about it actually on Christmas. And one thing I said was, you know, my career as a videographer and photographer
2: is to capture
0: in podcaster, um, (laughs) aspiring, um, is that, um, I spend my days capturing moments, right? Mm-hmm. And capturing these things that can never really ever be repeated, but be it by capturing it in this still frame or on this video, it's the closest you can ever come to reliving that moment. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to do a better job of is in my real life of, enjoying that moment because we'll never be in this moment ever again you know we'll never be what's happening right now for both of our teams you know we'll never that will never be happening again you know I might not be you know who knows what the future will bring and we'll maybe never get to experience this again so let's live in the moment and let's enjoy every second of it because life is precious and that's where we are. Well, it's getting really deep here on this Friday,
2: and- <laughs>
1: um, along those same lines, uh, I think I would have to say for myself, and you know, this is probably being more social. So you know me, <laughs> and you and I can both talk to a brick wall. We've never met a stranger in our life. But when it comes to being social and like going out and like getting, you know, getting drinks with friends or you know being personable and things like that i'm just i'm not good at it you know i can talk to anyone but i'm not good at the whole social scene but no, I, definitely I think it's need the to... gun
0: fingers you know yeah. you scare people away with the gun fingers I have to tell we you, need to work on that
1: i have to tell you when i was coming back from customs yesterday and they take your little picture to make sure it's really you i did the gun fingers to the camera and i was like oh no, we've, to, we've got it we've got to, to we've we've leave got get rid gun of that. fingers in 20, we, gotta leave, we gotta
0: leave it behind um, i think that should be your resolution no 2019 more no more guns. finger guns
1: All right. Well, uh, we'll work on it. No promises. Like I said, January 3rd. But um, I think being more social and like you said, living in the moment because, you know, down the road, we might not even have the opportunities to go out and do the things that we're able to do now. And after Saints wins and Pelicans wins and things like that, the best memories are made, you know, with your colleagues and things like that going out after games and things like that. So being more social is definitely on my radar. So we'll see how how well that goes. I'll let you know on the Next month's episode of the Black and Blue Report. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go into our gold star of the week. Um, Do you have any ideas for the Saints side?
0: You know, Caroline, I was thinking about this, and I was like, who do we give the gold star to? I just feel like there was too many gold stars. I think, Mm. can we just give the entire team a gold star? I mean, you clinch the number one seed in the NFC with a game to go, Mm. okay? With a game to go, clinch the number one seed in the NFC. We now have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The road to Atlanta goes through the Superdome. I think that number, that gold star has to go to the saints. And you look at all the guys that, I mean, we talk about going into this week, how many guys are on the verge of breaking all of these crazy records. Mm-hmm. Like Drew Brees is eight yards away from going uh, four consecutive. I think uh, four. I, I can't, I'm not sure how many consecutive seasons of 4,000 yards. Right. Then we have um, Alvin Kamara is like one touchdown away from um, breaking the uh, franchise record for touchdowns in sees season. Uh, Al- you know, it's just like all these records Mark and we Ingram, look at yep. and but we look at last week, Mark Ingram becomes the all time leading uh, rushing touchdown score for the Saints mm-hmm. um, outdoing Deuce McAllister. And, um, you know, I mean, what a time, right? Like talk about living in the moment. Like mm. this is a moment to be living in right now with the Saints team because it's an exciting time for this this franchise and an exciting time for the city.
1: Absolutely. I think maybe we should go to Party City and grab those gold stars and see if we can sneak them into the equipment room and put them (laughs) on their helmets for a little gold star for the whole team. I think that's a solid idea. Um, For the Pelicans, I'll take Pelicans. I think um, Frank Jackson would have to be my pick. He's been playing really well. He was four or five from the field. Two of two from downtown last night. He shot the ball really well. Uh, did you see his little up and under underneath the basket? That was that was some athletic movement right there. I don't think I could do that on my best day.
0: Listen, I told you at the beginning of this. All oh, uh, Drew Holiday called i think he called frank jackson a mutant Mm -hmm. like a freak he (laughs) is he is that good of a player and i I, my parents asked me that i think it was my dad he he was like ashley is frank jackson as good do you think he's going to be good in the league i was like i think he's going to be great i think he's going to be a great player he's smart you can see the confidence now just from going down to the g league and coming back up Mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks he's really developed a lot more confidence on the court and um that hesitation that you kind of get sometimes when it's your first time out there is kind of gone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we really, I mean, the Pelicans really need someone like him right now, you know, we're, they're trying to figure out what's going wrong and what the equation to winning is. And I feel like he could be potentially the X factor.
1: Absolutely. I think um, he's finding his rhythm a lot more, like you said, and the Pelicans are going to need someone like that. And, you have to give him a little bit of slack because he's only played about twenty professional games with the Pelicans. I mean, we've seen him in the G League, but he's only played, um, you know, a couple games, and he's still got to get his feet wet a little bit more. But I think we're we're going to see a lot from the mutant that is Frank Jackson.
0: I mean, and let's be real; it's not like he just came from off the streets. He right. came from Duke. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was a Duke Blue Devil. Yeah, they have a pretty. I've heard they maybe have a good program I think over so. there. That's uh, every yeah. Once in a while. Um, but you know what I mean? Like he. So he has. I think. He just needs that game time experience, and I think one great thing he also brings to the table is him and Drew Holiday have an amazing chemistry because they're such great friends off the court that it um, translates onto the court, too. Mm-hmm. So even if you ever watch them, they really know where to find each other. Um, so I think just as the more and more you play together, the more you can gel and be better.
1: Ashley, another um, thing that I wanted to talk about going into our community spotlight is the video that came from your team this week Mm. um, with one of the players for the Saints, Taysom Hill, who every Saints fan has to know, every NFL fan has to know the name now um, because he's just so dynamic and can play any position. He plays football. Right. He plays football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he had a special fan in uh, Salt Lake City, Max Brown. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that story?
0: Yeah, you know, when they brought this project to the table, I remember talking about it in our meeting and uh, shout out to Lane Murdoch Jr. and uh, Doug Tatum on putting this all together because it was an incredible piece. And, you know, they traveled up to I Salt
1: Lake City, I think.
0: OK, so. Salt- oh, I thought they were. No, it was Idaho. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was like, it was one of the I, <laughs> Iowa, Idaho, you know. I'm sorry for the people that are from that. <laughs> Anyway, so, but like they went up there and um, they met up with um, Max and he had fallen in love with Taysom when he was playing at BYU. And uh, he had gone out to a couple practices and um, Taysom had, you know, they kind of just developed this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so Lane got to go up there with Doug and they – Um, interviewed him and went to his house and I watched the piece last night and it was just incredible. I mean, like I was talking to Lane about it earlier today, like that's the reason why you're in this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so much bigger than sports and getting to tell stories like that as a filmmaker, as you know, anybody in any profession, um, Uh, really cool really cool definitely need to check it out
1: the most touching moment for me was wasn't even when he received the autographed jersey and things like that it was when max was sitting in front of the tv and Taysom was just in the game he hadn't even done anything he hadn't even moved yet he was just in the game and you could see max getting so excited and he was like he's in he's in and i would love to have anyone that excited for me about anything and he's Mm -hmm. not even related to him you know that's just that's a true fan right there and it was It was very special. So, Spotlight, Community Spotlight of the Week definitely has to go to Taysom Hill. Um, We have two different. Uh, of the, superwomen of the week, mm-hmm. um, which I'm very happy about because last week I had to do it by myself and it was scary and I never want to do it again. But um, why don't you go Man, ahead? You and should have
0: been the superwoman last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nominates myself.
1: To- <laughs> I am great at all things at <laughs> podcasting. Uh, it goes to me. No, but um, who is your superwoman of the week?
0: Well, you know, my Superwoman of the Week, I actually know personally. Um, she happens to be the guest we have on our show today, and that goes to the lovely Jennifer Hale. Um, Jen Hale, I think, is probably one of the most amazing women I have ever known. And the reason I say that is, you know, when I came first came into this um, career, uh, she kind of took me under her wing and kind of showed me how to do it right. And, you know, when we travel with the Pelicans, we're the only two girls usually. Now we have Ariel sometimes over from um, – um, nutrition, all of that, coming and preparing the meals, which has been fun. But for a long time, it was just Jen and I on the road. And so um, she went to LSU, which, you know, uh, as all everyone times. knows, <laughs> I am a proud uh, LSU alum. And, and um, she – I just don't know how she does it. She has so much on her plate. She, I agree. She is – Not only um, Fox Sports New Orleans um, does all of the games, uh, uh, sideline for the games for the Pelicans, um, but she also does NFL on Sundays for Fox, and she also has done college. Um, She picks up any random events that are happening around town, and um, she also is the head of her uh, foundation, Sideline Pass, and giving back to the community. And I think I saw some crazy stat. I think I have to check with her, but it might be 119 now. But – when she posted it she said it was her 118th um, NFL game on Fox which ties Aaron Andrews and Lisa Salters for the ninth most for NFL silent reporters so I mean she's just about as cool and as girl boss as they come and the best part is not only is she this amazing role model and you know character carries herself with such class and um, she prepares and she's so just so good uh, but she's a great person too Mm -hmm. and I think that you know at the end of the day being a good person and she always says you know Ashley the best way to be in this business is women need to support other women to make us better and we shouldn't be tearing each other down we should be supporting each other Mm -hmm. and um I just think that's you know what a cool thing and that's why she is my Superwoman of the Week.
1: And every time you see Jen, like you said, she's never like, oh, I'm tired. You know, I've had such a long day. I'm coming from this. I'm coming from that. She's always just like, hey, Caroline, how are you? And gives you a hug and just engages you in conversation. She's just truly just like a little light bulb. You know, she's always excited and and ready to work.
0: And something I will add to that just even makes her more invincible and more super, almost superpowers. Uh, But she, uh, for about a year, and a half I think was when I found out about it um she's had a disease uh, a disease that she's been dealing with that um affects her heart mm-hmm. and I don't have the exact name of the disease maybe we can ask her about it in a okay. second but um uh she was basically running off like she was doing everything going everywhere mm-hmm. doing her full-time job um with like 30 percent of her heart really working at its full capacity so um she's since beat that and um is doing well and um we wish her the best. But um, I mean, come on. Like, Mm -hmm. if that doesn't qualify you as Superwoman of the Week, I don't know what does.
1: Well, we have another woman that I chose to do as Superwoman of the Week, but we will talk to Jen Hale here shortly. Um, But I did want to highlight Marnie Gilner, uh, who is a mother of two in Minnesota. She covers the Twins, the Timberwolves, and the Lynx, who are all professional teams in Minnesota uh, for Fox Sports North. And last night she filled in for the regular play-by-play guy for the Timberwolves, Dave Benz, um, and the Timberwolves faced the Chicago Bulls, and she actually did the, um, I want to say, play-by-play for for the game against the Chicago Bulls. The Timberwolves ended up winning 119 to 94, but just the fact that we're having more and more women do play-by-play, it was it was history for the Timberwolves organization. So. Uh, a huge shout out to Marnie Gilner. Of course, we don't have the personal relationship with her that we do with Jennifer, Jennifer Hale, but uh, like she said, we have to lift other, sh- other women up. So great to see uh, Marnie Gilner do big things over there.
0: Now let's bring in my superwoman of the week, the lovely Jennifer Hale. Jen, how are you doing today? Well, you're giving me
2: big expectations to live up to, but I'm doing awesome. I'm finally home. It's a great day, even if it's a soggy day in New Orleans. It's nice to be back in the state.
0: I was about to say, like, where are you? I, it's, it's kind of like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Everywhere <laughs> I look, I don't know. You're either in town, you're in the air, you're in a different city. Uh, or you're, you're back in New Orleans, which, and then you'll do Pelicans tomorrow. And then do Pelicans. you do L- NFL?
2: Yes. Last NFL game was... I say this every season, it's my eighth season, it's crazy, it goes so fast, Mm -hmm. you always look up at the end of December and go, shouldn't it be week 10? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's flown by.
1: Ashley alluded to it a little bit earlier um, about how just tenacious you are in your work ethic and your positive attitude, and um, we also were talking about your bravery in dealing with um, your fight with cardiomyopathy, uh, which you came out with uh earlier this summer i want to say in your article um so we just wanted to acknowledge you for that and just kind of talk about why you decided to talk about it and you know kind of what your hopes for um are in the future with people who are dealing with the same issues
2: uh carolina thank you for bringing it up um, and thank you for your kind words uh it was actually i am now going on almost three years ago that i was diagnosed but you're right i spoke about it for the first time this summer um Yeah. Cardiomyopathy. It's a heart condition where there are different types. My particular type of cardiomyopathy, my heart's stressed out. I do have a family history, a family predisposition. They think some sort of virus or bacteria accelerated the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Work was my escape. I needed to control something. I needed to have something that was going right. So I'm, I'm so grateful for my job. Also, I, I absolutely love it. You know, if you to give people a choice of where they'd want to be, I would choose to be at work every day. So um, it was really my mental escape from all of it, because cardiomyopathy, there are two quote-unquote treatments. One is a heart transplant, and if you don't get the heart transplant, um, you have about five years to live, or for some people, about a third of the people, medication works, and it's a very slow process to know which one you're going to have to do. So for 18 months, just to sit and wait. I couldn't have done that and stared at four walls. I mm-hmm. would have gone mentally insane. Work was work was what kept me on course.
1: Was there ever a moment in time where you thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to do what I love? Obviously, this job takes a large toll on you because you're traveling, you're you know walking around arenas and stadiums and things like that. Was was there ever a point in time where you where you said to yourself, Okay, for my health, I don't know if I can continue to pursue the career that I want.
2: Only that first initial week in uh, the cardiac intensive care unit in the hospital, Uh, and that's because people were telling me that I couldn't Mm. and shouldn't. Uh, Caroline, what struck me, and part of the reason I wanted to share my story is, yeah, I I realized my heart was down to 16% function. I knew I was not feeling myself. I knew I wasn't feeling well. But the reality is, I worked at NFL game the day before being diagnosed. I walked five miles on the field and never felt like I was in an emergent state. I'm not in denial. I'm not stupid. If I had (laughs) felt like, whoa, something's really wrong, I would have told somebody. So I I wanted to share my story to let people know that you don't have to feel like you're dying for something to be wrong. I also feel like that means you should fight to continue your normal life because that is mentally healthy, at least in my case.
0: Well, Jen, I know as your colleague and friend, I'm pretty sure we would have had to literally drag you from either the court or the field to get you to not do your job. And then (laughs) you would have, (laughs) uh, you know, gone fighting back and we wouldn't have been able to tell you no. But um, definitely as, um, you know, just your bravery and that's exactly why you're my part of the reason only out of the many reasons why you are my superwoman of the week because I (laughs) you just have these superpowers that I don't even know how you how you do it but uh such a role model um going into pelicans so obviously right now on a bit of a losing streak um can we talk about what do you think is the missing factor right now for the pelicans and how can they get back on track with this homestand coming up
2: yeah. Great question to ask. Um, I do have to give you a shout out real quick. Mm-hmm. I have to say when I was wearing that heart monitor, um, you were one of the few people who noticed it and that's a real friend. You really mm-hmm. were paying attention and noticing. So thank you for that. <laughs> it wasn't just that
0: stylish, a new stylish purse.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as far as the Pelicans, yeah, unfortunate losing streak. Um, but to put this in perspective for folks, look, the West is super tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three-and-a-half games is determining playoff position or not right now. Um, there's really only one team, the Phoenix Suns, who are statistically out of it. So that game of basketball is a game of runs, and the season is a game of highs and lows. And this is something that the Pelicans have to perse- persevere through. First of all, the missing piece, the obvious answer, injuries. Mm-hmm. You get Nico Miracic and Albert Tate and back. That's going to help tremendously. Uh Secondly, I, I think the team does have to look at themselves and think about leadership. When you look at clutch situations and losing games consistently in final seconds, it comes down to execution and decision-making, and part of that reflects on leadership. And I think that's where we're missing Rondo. Rajan Rondo was the guy who would step up and say, motivate, call out people when maybe it wasn't the easiest thing to do. Uh, and that comes with years of veteran playmaking. It, it's not something you can just say, oh, I'm going to do that. That's part of a process. So I, I'm not hitting the Pelicans for not having that, but it's something that some of these players are going to have to think about developing as, as they come along. As, that's part of the maturation of the game and of a team.
1: Absolutely. Jen, the Pelicans have to be excited to return to the Smoothie King Center after this pretty long road trip, especially over a holiday. But they have a quick turnaround playing a Mavs team who they just saw on Wednesday. Obviously, it, the turnout wasn't as, as good as for the Pelicans as they wanted it to be. Um, but what's the number one focus if you're the Pelicans going into the, uh, the game
2: tonight? Yeah, Caroline, no doubt. Um, here's my hope. It's always hard to play a team you just played and be the winning team. Mm -hmm. Usually it's the losing team that comes back the second time. They have your number. So let's hope that holds true for the Pelicans. They're also getting back to home court, which is a place they've had success. Their road and home record this season is as markedly different, just in reverse, of what it was last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as number one point of emphasis, they have got to defend cleanly, and they've got to be aggressive with their shot-making. Uh, I was really glad to see – I thought Darius Miller in the second half Wednesday night really started embracing his opportunities and, and taking those shots. You know these defenses are going to double-team Anthony Davis. They're going to double-team Julius Randle. And we saw it Wednesday night it's soft double-teams in the first half versus the Pelicans, hard double-teams in the second half. When you get those, that means you got to kick the ball out and other players have to step up. So let's hope that the Pelicans uh, absorb that. Uh, I'm sure they are spending – Thursday and Friday morning and film sessions, reviewing that, going over that. And, and I think we'll see a more aggressive Pelican squad come out on the court.
0: Jen, one guy that has really stood out to me uh, of late for the Pelicans, we talked about him earlier in the show. He was actually Caroline's gold star, uh, Frank Jackson. Can you talk a little bit about him and just his maturity on the court and kind of his comfort level and that gelling he's having with the team?
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Ashley. It's impressive given how much time he missed and what he didn't get to experience in in what should have been a rookie ramp up, so to speak. But mentally, he was doing the reps and he was around the team and he was learning how to be a pro. And you see him now taking advantage of every opportunity and making an impact. When you can have 10 points and five rebounds in a game and you're playing from the bench, That's significant, and it's especially significant for the Pelicans because that second unit, that reserve unit, is hurting right now with Nico out and Julius having moved to the starters. They need some sparks off the bench. They need some guys to step up and lead the charge. So to me, it's promising to see that the moment isn't too big for Frank, that he's embracing it, he looks comfortable. Uh, He's having fun with it, and, and I think that bodes well for the future.
0: All right, Jen. Well, like we like to say here, moving to across the street over to our good neighbors, uh, the New Orleans Saints, um, who clinched the number one seed in the NFC uh, last week with their big win over the Steelers heading into uh, this Carolina game. Jen, I know you covered the Carolina Falcons game last week. Do you have any inside scoop for us moving forward against this Panthers team?
2: Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, Of course, the W and the L isn't the most important statistic to me. The most important thing Sunday is everybody walk away healthy. Mm-hmm. But secondly, the most important thing, you know, bi-weeks, off-weeks are funny things for teams. Hopefully they get healthy and they come back rejuvenated. But we've also seen the opposite happen, that when t- teams have too much time off, uh, it-, it backfires on them. It-, it-, it quenches some of that competitive fire. Mm-hmm. So I think this week is important in those terms, stoking that competition, keeping up on your a game so often it's easier to chase than to lead and you have to handle success well and the saints are in the driver's seat clearly they can't get too cocky they can't get overly confident they have to be hungry and i think this is the panthers squad who will give them a a good taste I, i don't necessarily think the panthers will win but i think it will be a competitive game when you look at the weapons they have first of all christian mccaffrey I know so many folks are upset about Alvin Kamara not making the uh, Pro Bowl, but Christian McCaffrey, he is another one. Ladies, he's played 97% of the offensive snaps for the Carolina Panthers. That's wow. unheard of for a running back. Wow. He's ball, but he is tough as nails. So I think he's going to give this Saints defense uh, a very good practice day, for lack of a better term. Um, and they're going to use Christian a lot because Cam Newton's not playing. Now their second string, Taylor Heineke, he's not playing. He's on IR. They've got a third string, Kyle McCa- or, uh, Kyle Allen, so they're mm-hmm. going to use McCaffrey a lot to help Allen. Um, when the Saints and Panthers played the first time, Cam was still playing. He had that injured shoulder. not taking many deep shots down the field. Uh, Kyle has an arm. Uh, how accurate it is, we'll have to see. But he has an arm. He can get it downfield. So I think North Turner is going to take advantage of this opportunity to go over the top and give the Saints some looks that they probably haven't seen on film from the Panthers as of late. And I think for the Saints' offense, this Panthers defense, it's rejuvenated. You know, they've had so much turnover with the defensive coordinator position. Ron Rivera has, as of late, taken a a much stricter, stronger role, especially with the secondary, and they're playing so much better. He's pared down the calls, and he's changed those leverage alignments and zone coverage, so they're able to do a better job, the Carolina Panthers' DBs, of reading – The quarterback, getting the read all the way to the quarterback, not just keying off the wide receivers. So I think this will be a good um, keep you honest, keep you motivated, keep you knowing you got to work and get better every day uh, for that playoff run.
0: Jen, you mentioned it earlier when you were speaking, but going back to that idea of rest or rust – Uh, That seems to be a a big component, especially going into this game. The Saints with an opportunity to get a franchise uh, record of 14 wins on the season. A lot of guys on the Saints team, Drew Brees, I believe is eight yards away from that another uh, season of that 4000 yard mark. Alvin Kamara, uh, countless guys away from breaking records. If you're Coach Payton, what what what's your game plan going into the game?
2: Well, you've got to play people to some extent. I mean, look, your roster's only 53 people, and then you have to have an active. So you're talking about 46 on game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Drew doesn't need that much. You definitely want him to continue this streak of 4,000-yard seasons. He's got 13 under his belt. Well, let him get out there for the first couple of series. Again, you want to keep people in the groove, in the routine. Uh, girls, you know, I'm, uh, you're there more than I am. Routine is the hallmark of these professional squads, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the thing that keeps everything cohesive. And when you get out of the routine, uh, that that's a lot of times when you see slacking off or, or or dips in performance. Um, Michael Thomas, yeah, you want him to break Joe Horn's record? We all love Joe, but gosh, <laughs> he's so close to that 1,400 yard uh, receiving mark. Let him go ahead and get it. Camara, I think it's about 122 yards he needs for his thousand rushing yards mm-hmm. um, season. I'd love to see him get the record. I'd love to see him stay healthy more. So I think you have to watch um, the game, watch how intense these Carolina players are executing. you got Luke Keeley and Thomas Davis in that linebacking tour, two of the best who ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, these coaches, they're playing for jobs right now. It's mm-hmm. not just players. The Panthers have a new owner. Ron Rivera is not necessarily his guy. Uh, Dave Tepper, the new owner, has to be thinking, do I stay the course with Ron Rivera? Or do I go a different direction? Do I ask for coordinators to change? Uh, So this is a proving ground. This is a proving moment for that whole Panther squad. And I am always extremely leery of, of desperate teams. And the Panthers are a desperate team in terms of keeping jobs right now.
1: Jen, you talked about proving something we have to talk about the NFC South. I feel like last year they proved themselves. The Falcons, Panthers, Saints all made it to playoffs last year. Um, you know, and the Bucks picked up some big draft picks in offseason this year. What happened? I feel like going into this <laughs> season, I feel like everyone had high hopes for the NFC South. And it just kind of, especially after week one, when the Saints played the Buccaneers, what happened to the NFC South?
2: It has been topsy-turvy since day one. You are 100% right. Uh, I have to say that Bucks game, I think it was overconfidence on the Saints' part. Um, I think they, the Saints, felt really good about where they were. And again, it is so hard to be in the lead. It's easier to chase. There's more motivation when you're when you're chasing. Uh, sustained success is very difficult. As far as the NFC South as a whole, uh, not to get too nerdy or wordy on your here, <laughs> but I think to some extent it speaks to the way rosters are concocted these days. You know, in the old days. Your number twos were almost as good as your number ones. Today, with the way they've done the rookie pay scale, 80% of the players are making 20% of the money, and 20% of the players are making 80% of the money, and you lose a few key guys. The backup, they just cannot keep teams in games the way that it, that it used to be. And I, I think you saw some key injuries or key absences, at least, um, certainly for uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks when, when Jameis Winston was serving his suspension. And then he had some injuries to Sean Jackson. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, gosh, that's a team you just scratch your head. Uh, Matt Ryan, is. I'm, I'm such a fan of his. He's such a great guy and such a fantastic quarterback. And got Julio Jones, and it is just something that – Even going back to, I know the Super Bowl is the butt of all the jokes, but uh, they just have not been able to make it all click together. And then with Carolina, I think losing Cam uh, and playing with Cam injured was a huge, huge deal for them because not only was their starting quarterback only taking very short intermediate passes, but he was also, um, next to McCaffrey, their leading rusher. So he took away a huge part of the ground game, and so much of their offensive plan was predicated on a strong ground game. So I think so often it comes down to injuries and absences.
1: Jen, we talked about how much you travel and you're just bopping all over the place. Do you have a certain city that you either like the views or a certain restaurant? Do you have a favorite <laughs> city that you like to go to?
2: Oh, that's so hard, Caroline. It's like asking someone a favorite child. <laughs> um, the, the thing that, that I'm so lucky for NFL and NBA cities are usually all awesome cities. So it's, it's a plethora of riches, uh, but I love San Francisco, I love New York, I love warm places, so <laughs> Miami, L.A. Um, I, what I really enjoy is getting to spend repeated time in each of these cities because you get past just the touristy part and you feel like you can start to soak up a little of the real flavor. And then at the end of the day, I'm always glad I, I call New Orleans home and get to come home and sit out on my balcony and look out at the French Quarter skyline and, you know, this is where you're meant to be.
0: Well, Jen, we know you are one busy woman, so we really, really appreciate you making time for us today. Um, we, um, you know, I speak, speaking for myself, you are, have been one of the most inspirational women in this business and someone I greatly look up to. And I'm proud to call you a colleague and even prouder to call you a friend. So really appreciate you coming onto our all women's podcast here on the Black and Blue Report on a Friday. And uh, I guess we will have to see you tonight
2: y'all made my day. Thank you so much for having me. You're killing it. So proud of y'all. That'll do it for the
1: Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. So happy to be joined here by Ashley for the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year edition of the Black and Blue Report. Do not forget tonight the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks in the Smoothie King Center at 7 p.m. Make sure you go to pelicans.com if you haven't already to purchase your tickets. If you can't get tickets for tonight's game, the Pelicans also take on the Rockets on Saturday, December 29th. at 6 p.m. That's a 6 p.m. ticket. p.m. Both games will be on NBA TV as well as Fox Sports New Orleans, and then the Pelicans will wrap up the three-game homestand against the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves on Monday, December 31st. All of the games will be available on WRNO 99.5 FM with Daniel Salerson and Sean Kelly on the call. Um, But before the Minnesota Timberwolves games, everyone on airline drive will be extra busy because we have a Saints game in between all of those games on Sunday, Uh, noon noon kickoff against the Carolina Panthers to wrap up the regular season. So make sure you head on out to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to watch that game. Well, for Caroline Gonzalez, I'm Ashley Amos. Thank you so much for joining us on the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. See you next week.